Very warm welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Droitwich Standard Podcast. Then we've got a returning guest this week, although it was a bit warmer, wasn't it, when you first came? It was. It was summer dresses the last time I came, I think. It was, and the weather actually has something to do with you being here, doesn't it? Because this is Christina from the um, Rubri Schools Community Swap Shop, and you've been, well... When we spoke to you last time, you were inundated, and you've been even more inundated with uniform things. And obviously, this is a critical time of year because the, the children have just gone back to school. So you had a busy summer. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, the summer saw so many orders and families contacting us to request the pre-loved school uniform that we had available. It was just completely overwhelming. Um, but we managed to do it, managed to satisfy the vast majority I think it was 95% of the orders that we had in so we did really well given that we were kind of taken unawares by the volume that was coming in and um, I've just got the figures in front of me they're quite astounding really 457 requests um, were placed by 340 different families and the uniform items were passed on to over 580 children um, in total, 3,245 items were given out, and they included 52 pairs of shoes and 55 coats. Well, actually, they were a lot more than 55 and 52 coats and shoes, um, because that's just an order that contained a request for at least one pair of shoes or a coat. So, indeed, some families were asking for four pairs of shoes for their four children. So, really, that is a massive underestimation, but we didn't capture that data to the base level. So we can't tell you how many pairs of shoes. And at least it is pairs of shoes and not single shoes. Yes. Because that wouldn't be any good to anyone. <laughs> Although we do get those coming <laughs> through as well. <laughs> um, so now the latest drive is obviously, well, you're sat here in a hoodie. I'm here with a, a shirt, but I have got the old T-shirt on under, underneath my shirt, which is, uh, I always know it's changing when I wake up and I think, oh, it's going to have to be the T-shirt. This is the first time. I think that happened a couple of weeks ago. So autumn is well and truly with us. The leaves are on the ground and winter is not, well, that's not even mentioned the C word, but that's not too far away either um but um so now the new the latest appeal is for coats because i didn't realize this there's an astounding number and when we put the story on on the web this week there were so many people who said that there's kids at schools they take their their children to who are still coming to school in summer coats because basically the parents haven't or the families haven't got um like winter coats for them Absolutely. And I mean, the the people that still have their old winter coats are trying to squeeze their children into them. Um, but kids grow so fast, it's really difficult and kids get uncomfortable. So actually, I mean, we've had loads and loads of requests recently for coats, especially following the downpours that we've had. Um, so as fast as I'm getting coats in, we're getting tons of requests to get them back out. And also, it's had a knock-on with the request for school shoes and wellies as well, because um, actually, the school shoes that were okay to start the school year with, that might have been from the last academic year, actually may not be as robust in the wet weather as they once would have been. So having shoes that aren't necessarily damaged and they having them so that they don't let the water in um, we're getting those requests to replace the existing shoes that they've got. 
So, I mean, it's great that you're in demand, but uh, and it's keeping you busy. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe. I mean, my my daughter as well. I think she's done two pairs of wellies in, in in this space of a few months. It's like you say, they do grow so quickly. But then again, if they do grow so quickly, I mean, a winter coat, to be fair, a good quality one should last more than one winter, shouldn't it? So. Then that means, on the other side of the coin, you've got loads of winter coats that are only being used once and possibly disregarded or, or sent into charity shops or, or things. So, I mean, if say if somebody's got an 11-year-old child and obviously their last winter coat doesn't um, fit, uh, they could always pass that on to, the, to like a 10-year-old child and then they could get another coat <laughs> from your scheme from a 12-year-old who's, uh, who's, who's, who's um, now grown out of their 11-year-old coat. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it, it definitely does. does. I mean, a lot of the coats that we're getting in are in really excellent condition. Some people have multiple coats, so the kids might only wear them a few times and some of the coats we've had in are even new because obviously the children didn't like them. Um, so there's there's lots on offer and what I would like to say is that it isn't just for families who can't afford it there's obviously the environmental side of this as well which is we don't want lots of clothing just going to landfill that is really you know ready to be used by somebody else and get some benefit so what we need to do is encourage families to think differently about reusing items because they can use their money for different things. This isn't just about somebody not being able to afford something, although obviously it helps. Now, there are clothing banks out there, but I'm never quite sure what happens to clothes that go to clothing banks, whether they're used for the actual materials or whether they do get redistributed. But the way we're using the Rubri Schools Community Swap Shop, done like that, then it is actually being targeted to someone who will directly benefit from that coat, wasn't it? Weren't it for, for that age and that relevance Absolutely. and that time of year and stuff? Absolutely. And I mean, with our upcoming event, the Coatathon, um, the concept of that really is that everybody likes to have a choice. Kids like to choose, you know, they like different colours, different textures. Um, they have preferences so by holding the event it's really about normalizing that experience and allowing families to come along and let their kids try it on let them choose um, have different options rather than me just going through my house and finding the first eight to nine coat and saying that'll do off you go so really I want families to be able to have a more normalized shopping I guess experience although there's no cost at the end of it so it's kind of like a like a free exchange uh well not an exchange because you don't have to take anything along on the day if you haven't if you if you haven't got a coat to to give so the coatathon is november the second november the second and where's it been held it's at st chad's in rubri village so st chad's church rubri village get yourself down there what time is it it is 10 till 3 and i'd like to say we're encouraging people even if you don't need coats or shoes or trainers or anything like that really to come along and support us um, because we're trying to fundraise to secure ourselves a property so that we can expand the service to cover more Bromsgrove schools, more Birmingham schools, um, because at the moment, as you heard in the summer, um, capacity is a massive issue and it has just got worse since that point. So we're unable to take on any more schools at this moment in time because there is nowhere to put the items so that's November the 2nd, 10 till 3. 
Fundraising will be taking place on the day. Have Absolutely. you got anything planned? What, there's, there's is, it, is it donations or is it going to be cake sales? Or There will be cake sales. We've had so much support from local community businesses, whether they're local cake makers or just local carpet companies donating a brand new rug for us to raffle off. Um, so there's lots of prizes. We've tried to stick to kind of traditional stores with a few new twists for the kids um but also there's free soft play northfield fire station will be attending as well to talk about free fire checks i think food cycles coming along to recruit for volunteers and talk about their service and also ruby rocks will be there to do some painting and crafts oh don't mention rocks to me (laughs) at the moment i created a a rock a bromsgrove (laughs) i know i'm digressing here but Bromsgrove Rocks, I created a Bromsgrove Standard Rock and I've put it out there and I went to, back to it to check, see if it was actually, uh, had been taken. And it has been taken, but nobody has actually, it hasn't been, it hasn't resurfaced it hasn't been yet. And I'm gutted because I really loved it. <laughs> yeah, let me just start, I'm going to get it up on my phone now. If, you, if, you do, if you're a member of Bromsgrove Rocks, scan down and you'll see my lovely rock and um, it'll be just yeah, you're gonna love this it is brilliant but i've just I'm, i mean i'm taking from it that it was just so nice that somebody wanted to keep it um so i might have to make <laughs> another one uh, which is they do say like keep or rehide don't they but i wanted mine rehidden because i wanted to see it go across i even hid it um somewhere where it would it would likely go on a journey um God, it's, it's all the way down i'll have to repost it on here so uh so well you know people. what tristan you can come along to the coastathon and you can paint yourself a new there rock. it is look oh lovely oh, it's good isn't it it's a front page of a bromsgrove standard i'm pretty right. impressed with that it is yeah. good and I, I i just wanted it to resurface somewhere but it hasn't so if you've seen our rock please get in touch but going back to the coatathon the coatathon's on the 2nd of november so people can can they take coats on the day or do they have to donate them beforehand yes yeah, so st chad's has kindly agreed to allow us on the week leading up to the event to allow people to drop off there because obviously logistically we're going to have to move everything on the morning of the event um, and there's already quite a lot of stuff um but also they can bring it along on the day as well. So we'll advise everybody really to check whether they've been washed or not, because if they're arriving on the day, I, even yeah. I can't get those uh, no, washed no, and so dried. No, washed, washing beforehand if they're arriving on the day. Um, or So in the build-up to it, where can people drop stuff off at the moment for you? So we've got a few um, collection points at the moment. One of those is New Starts on Arden Road in Frankley, one is CC Balloon Shop in Rubri Village. One is Northfield Fire Station. And the other one, at the moment, the Licky Vicarage is collecting up to, I think, the 20th of October. So you can drop your donations directly off there. So there we are. And then people can go along on the day. As you say, it's like shopping without the fee. Uh, Absolutely. And then you just go along, you choose a, co- choose a coat, maybe drop a donation into yourselves, because obviously you're still looking for a premises as well. So if anybody's got a premises... They, you want them to get in touch as well. You can find the Rubri Schools Community Swap Shop on Facebook and you can email Christina at rubriswapshop, that's S-W-O-P, um, shop at outlook.com or you can visit the Rubri Community Swap Shop Facebook page. I said swap shop a lot there. Um, but uh, there you are, so you can get the coats, take the coats along and let's make sure all our children are warm this winter. 
Absolutely. And can I just also say that if you are a local business and you would like to contribute, we're still looking for prizes for some of our stalls, whether they're big or little prizes, they're all welcome. um, And it would really help us out to raise some much needed funds. Thank you. That's brilliant. And what about the um, how many schools are you up to now? Because I always like that question. It's really difficult to say because although we may not have the lost property off, you know, more than 30, actually we do cover more schools because the local community donates their old uniforms. So it's always worth asking us if you're looking for something with a logo on or not with a logo on because we often have the stuff anyway. So it's a real Aladdin's cave of yes, school uniforms. Yes, definitely. So you've got um, Bromsgrove now. That's extended a lot into Bromsgrove, hasn't it, from, from when we last spoke? Yes, I mean, I think it's got about four, five, six schools maybe at the moment in Bromsgrove, although we'd like to do more. But as I said, we just can't absorb any more into my house. It's just not possible. We just need the premises. We need the premises so this can extend. It's already in South Birmingham and Rubri. It's thriving there. Loads of schools. It's starting. It's the tip of the iceberg at the moment for Bromsgrove, but we just need that premises. So if anybody does have a premises um, with, you know, either free or peppercorn rents, as you said, uh, then if you can get in touch, that would be great. And then we can let this... Let this project expand because i've got a funny feeling that this is only going to get like worse with the way the economy is at the moment so we could do with keeping that supply of uniforms coats school bags um shoes trainers everything that a child needs to get through school because we spoke about it last time didn't we if you're sat there and you're not in a very comfortable uniform or you're worrying about you know what you're wearing and things you're not going to make the most of your education if you're worried about getting told off Um, or having to explain why you're not wearing the right types of shoes. It's uncomfortable and difficult for the children, and they they generally tend to not react well to that pressure from the teachers, although the teachers are amazing. They've been helping us out lots, and they always put the the children first when they can and have their own interventions in school, to be honest. So, But we just want to help them out because we know what pressures that the teachers are under at the moment. Let's take the pressures off the teachers, the schools, the parents, the kids... And let's get the kids focusing on what they need to focus on, which is learning, getting the best grades possible. Absolutely. Don't worry if they don't get the best grades. We've been through all that at GCSE and A-level time. Um, But we want to make them as comfortable and as warm and as cosy as possible so their learning is um, enjoyable. That's it. You might as well enjoy it because I tell you, you don't realise, do you, that about school days, that they are the best days of your life. And then when you get to... absolutely. Later on, everybody reminisces about school. And it's on Facebook now. I've got so many people. We've been to reunions, me and my school friends from St Thomas Aquinas. And they're always like, oh, yeah, do you remember that? Do you remember that? And my daughter was uh, cheerleading the other week. Uh, Well, I say the other week. It's probably a few months now. And she was cheerleading. She had a training session at St Thomas Aquinas. And I went there. And... uh, I said, right, I said, I've got to come and see how this school's developed and everything. So I went along, and as luck would have it, on the Saturday, they were doing some maintenance work, and the guy who was maintaining, like, in charge of maintaining the building, I don't know if I'll get him, I hope I won't get him into trouble, but he said, uh, I explained the situation, and he went, oh, I'll show you around, and he showed me around <laughs> the whole of my old school, and it was fantastic, and he brought back so many memories. So your school days are the best, so let's make them the best for our children. Now, we're going to stay with Rubri now, because there's another brilliant community spirit story, um, Sadly, Holywell First School, um, or Holywell Primary School, I get confused because that's right on the border. Some of them are primary school, some of them are first schools. Um, Holywell Primary School, um, their forest school was damaged um, over the weekend, I think it was. And the Rubri community, being the great community it is, as it's it shown yep. uh, with this, uh, this scheme, Rubri community has pulled together and within 
the space of a day or two, um, businesses came forward. I'll just mention a few of them. We've got Amy's Floral Design, Father's Barn, Food Cycle, Rubri Market, The Rafters Cafe, uh, Michael Kane, and, and not the Michael Kane. My name is Michael Kane. It's spelled differently. And Alex Metcalf. They all pulled together. And it all started because um, Alex's stepson, Dexter, after he found out he's a school counsellor there, and after finding out about the... Um, Damage, he said. Why don't we put it on the Rubric Community Group, which I know is one that you, you use and Absolutely. we use as well. Yeah, I share everything, every, everything remotely Rubric on the Bromsgrove Standard. I will share there. And he's he suggested to Alex that, and Alex put it up. And then within like a few hours, everyone started donating and um, and rising to the challenge of getting this um, getting this forest school back on its feet. And they've had um, new stumps for the children to sit on new bird boxes new tins for bug hotels wooden pallets bird feeders and more so that's going to be now i don't think they've done the complete the work yet but it will be returned to its former glory it obviously was started by um darren harford who was uh who passed away sadly and he's got darren's den uh there that was um that went on sky thankfully so darren's den's still in, intact um but now it's just a great community um drive and chris hamilton the holywell head teacher said the forest school is a key part of the children's learning it adds another dimension to their education where they pick up team building and outdoor skills some children these days don't get as much time in the great outdoors and they really enjoy spending time there it was great everyone came together so quickly and the and the help we've had um, has been phenomenal alex um, said it really shows the positives being part of rubri far outweigh the negatives dexter's mom and i are very proud of him and uh, proud of the local people and the companies which swooped in to help. Now, the thing with Forest School is, what are you going to need if you're doing Forest School? You're going to need the Forest School uniform and you're going to need wellies as well, which and we have and a all of. Yes, and, and a, a coat. So that brings us nicely back. So well done to everyone in Rubri Village. I've been to often so much with Rubri Village and uh, it is a real great community. So well done and well done to all the other communities. Thank you ever so much for joining us. You'll keep us posted. Oh, well and I've got indeed. no doubt you'll be coming down in a few more months yes. to, uh, to talk about summer. Yes, uniform. absolutely. Um, yeah, but that seems a long way off looking out the window and out the cold swirling wind outside um so thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you soon you're listening to the bromsgrove standard podcast because you have impeccable taste right looking at other news now i've got claire with me how are you i'm good how are you all good as well um i'm just uh yeah it's been uh it's been one of those weeks. We had, we had an amazing week last week um, with the uh, the bus story on the front. I think, I think that was last week. These weeks just merging together. Do you know what? Working for a local paper, you time flies. Yeah, I don't think just, there's a job in the world where... Because no. once you finish one deadline, the next deadline's there I mean, that already. Might, that might have been the week before. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we've got some, um, some good stories this week. This one, we'll need the public's help, and we are always asking for the public's help. Um, but... You know, it's just so good the way the Bromsgrove community pulls together and Redditch and further afield as well. And the parents of a South Bromsgrove high pupil with um, severe idiopathic sclerosis have one month to raise just uh, raise £81,283 for their daughter's spine surgery. To race against time for um, the family who live in Bordsley, um, Lisa and Carl Hart are the parents. They're doing everything they can to support um, a sporty Amelia who's 15, and she, she continues to play football. And oh. she has a quality, good quality of life. I think she played for Redditch United as well, um, uh, Amelia. And um, basically, they've got to raise um, all this cash 
um, in the next month or so because um, it's a race against time. The, the condition is a curvature of the spine. Yeah. And to stop it getting worse, the surgery needs to be done. Now, unfortunately, the surgery is not available on the NHS. Oh. So that's why the cash needs to be raised. Um, they, they need to raise 81000 They've raised 10000 in 25 days um, after setting up a GoFundMe page. Um, and they need to raise the funds urgently for private and innovative spinal surgery known as uh, vertebral body tethering. So not currently available on the NHS. Um, Harry's been doing this story. Um, he does mention as well there's a parliamentary petition being set up to try and get this available on the NHS. So obviously mm. that's for the future and that's for people in the future. So the surgery is going to be in the UK? It's not like yeah. just to go abroad? No, no, I think the surgery is in the UK from what I can gather. Um, yeah, it's St George's Hospital in, in London. Um, is, um, is now her only option. She was diagnosed in November 2018 and um, she rapidly developed the uh, many symptoms associated with her condition, one shoulder blade higher than the other, um, ribcage prominence, uneven hips, rotating spine, um, reduced area in the chest for lungs to expand and chronic pain. So it sounds absolutely awful, this does. Um, she's so brave um, for going through this. Um, her scoliosis consists of two curves, making her spine kind of S-shaped. Um, but this, um, as I said, this St George's Hospital in London is our only option. Um, surgeons would insert titanium screws into the vertebrae using a flexible cord and tension to align the, align the spine into a straighter position. Oh, it sounds um, painful, it does doesn't sound it? painful. Do, and so does she have to have the surgery before she's a certain age or something? I think it is to do with, yeah, she's going to have it in the next couple of months. Oh, so it is a race against time, as I said. So if the Bromsgrove community can pull together, I mean, anything you can do, organise fundraising events, donate. Um, I mean, it's, it's 81,000. Um, but it will change and her it life. It will change her life as well. And in terms of population and groups and stuff, you know, 81,000 between all these people is not a lot. So A friend of mine's got scoliosis and he's obviously an adult now and he's, he can't have any surgery, but he's no. in pain constantly yeah. and it gets worse and worse and worse. So if there's any hope for her, yeah. if it, to, let's do it now because it will it change her life. It will yeah. change her life and it will make someone... It'll just, you know, it's somebody mm. who we can help at this moment in time. And I think that's important that everything he's done to um, to sort to, to do the best everyone can. So please, please, please give to this. Um, the NHS treatment um, is um, spinal fusion. Oh, no, sorry, it's, it's non-NHS treatment. Um don't you wish you won the 171 million last uh, night and you could just help yeah, people like this could just and just go, people, it would you? just be lovely, wouldn't it? Being maybe, a fairy maybe that godmother. person's listening. That oh, would no. be amazing if that was the case. <laughs> um, Amelia's parents said, appealing in this, for help in this way is not an easy thing for us to do, but the clock is against us and we don't know where else to turn. We can't thank everyone enough for any support they can give. Um, so you can help um, Amelia's campaign by using the hashtag Amelia-Kicks-Her-Curves. So Amelia kicks her curves, obviously a good footballer. Um, and justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash Amelia-Kicks-Her-Curves. Don't worry if you didn't get those, they'll be on the website and in the paper. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed for Amelia. Now, um, a fundraising campaign that has gone crazily well 
um, to um, along the same lines. Um, Worcester five-year-old Ox, uh, um, sorry, Oscar Saxelby Lee. Um, they've raised half a million pounds in just over three weeks. Amazing, isn't it? It's he, just he, incredible. He's a little boy who has to go to Singapore, isn't it? Because he, um, he has, he's got to get some, um, he's got a yeah, rare form right, yeah. of leukaemia. Yeah. And um, the only treatment, we actually don't even have the treatment in the UK, so he's having to go to Singapore to get it. Um, but isn't that just amazing? It is amazing. And, and it just it's one of those things, isn't it? That's what you need with the fundraising campaign. It's capture the hearts. And obviously, we had Finn earlier in the in, in the um, in the year as well um, with his um, stem cell. Oliver, um, sorry, Oscar did have um, a, uh, a stem cell um, treatment, but the cancer, uh, the lymph, uh, lymph lymphoblastic leukemia um, came back just months later, which was absolutely heartbreaking for the parents. But you know, they rolled up their sleeves and everyone's pulled together, and they've got these half a million pounds. They said that they. Um, you know, we'd like to thank you all from the bottom of our hearts, Worcestershire. You are truly amazing, but we still need your help more than ever. Please don't stop fundraising. If you're holding an event or attending one, please still go ahead. 500000 is enough to cover the treatments and care for Oscar. We would require if it all went to plan. Now we must make sure that we have contingency funds available. Um, should Oscar need more care or have a more complicated recovery whilst there? As we all know, this journey hasn't gone smoothly, so we must be prepared for additional hurdles. And with that in mind... And we've got a police officer, stories on our website, who's running, um, I think, three marathons in three days. Oh, my goodness. Um, so he's, who does he's, that? Who how, does that? How can Owen, people do that? Owen's doing that at the weekend. So that story's available on our website, and it'll be in the paper this week. So have a look at that. He's rising for that. We had um, a walk, a police officer's walk in Bromsgrove. I've still got to phone the people, see how it went, but I'm guessing it went well. Um, so that'll be in the paper this week. So everybody is pulling together for Oscar. So please do still keep fundraising for Oscar and also for Amelia as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's... Let's, you know, let's do the best we can for our children and, um, you know, give them the best quality of life that they can. So well done to everyone involved in the Oscar, thing, uh, the Oscar campaign and the parents, you know, they're just... Oh, they're just so gobsmacked, I think, was the word. I'm still gobsmacked thinking of doing three marathons in three days or something. That is just insane. It is, but it brings out the best in people, it these does, campaigns. Do. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom in our, in our daily lives, but these kind of things bring out the, um, the best in us. Dr. Jen Kelly, founder of the Grace Kelly Childhood Cancer Trust, which supported Oscar's family with their campaign. Uh, pay tribute to the fundraisers, in particular the amazing team at Pitt Maston Primary School, both staff and parents who have gone the most extraordinary lengths to make Oscar a huge campaign a reality. Um, all the funds we've received for Oscar are ring fence for his use, and we hope every single penny can be used to fund his life-saving treatments. However, if funds are not able to be used for any reason, uh, the parents have asked them to utilise them for um, other children. Um, we've got, as well... Pitmaston Primary School started the Oscar Day where people can come in in non-uniform and staff and children and give a pound or two pound or whatever donation for the fund. And we've had quite a few um, uh, schools in Bromsgrove and Droitwich um, rising to the, the occasion. I think Whitton Middle School was one and Bart Green... Um, Primary. Bart Green, was it Bart Green? Was it Bart Green Primary? Who was it last week? No, sorry, it wasn't Bart Green. It was Dodford. It was Dodford oh. First School. I write that many stories, you know. My <laughs> mind is just frazzled. Well done to Dodford First School. And also... Um uh, Whitton Middle and if you if you are a school and you've held an Oscar day send us the photos and send us um, the amount you've raised and we'll we'll cover that as well brilliant um, so there we are 
Staying with young people, it's a bit of a young people's programme, what with the, uh, the, the interview and stuff. So two young dancers from Bromsgrove are through to the final of a national competition after wowing judges at the regional stage. Caitlin O'Brien, who's 11, and Ella Smith, who's 9, both attend Spirals Dance and Performance Academy in St John's Middle School. They won a talent show in April in Torquay whilst on holiday at a Park Dean site. The victory qualified them for the regional finals. Last weekend, they triumphed there, and now they've got the, a national competition in Skegness. Wow. On November the 8th, Becky O'Brien, um, Caitlin's mum, said they've done fantastically well. We're so proud of them for putting Bromsgrove on the map. Whenever they were asked where they were from on stage and they told them, people was like, we don't know where it is. What? Everyone I knows know. Bromsgrove. What about, we've got the Chancellor of the Exchequer and everything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they're, they're spreading the word about Bromsgrove. That's good. Um, Ella's mum, Vicky, said, we're so chuffed, we went on holiday in April, didn't even know there was a competition. They'd already rehearsed the routine with their dance, che- uh, dance teacher, Helen, um, that, had t- that she'd taught them, so they thought they'd give it a go. The mums had to then go out and find a matching outfit um, oh, really? for a shop so they could perform on stage. And they do know now, they said, if you've got kids who, who are like, you're going on holiday and you've got dancey kids and stuff, they've now learned that they always take the matching outfits and stuff with them, oh, just, just in case, case just in case. <laughs> I suppose if you're not going to use them before the end of the holiday if there is no competition they could always do a quick routine on the beach or something Absolutely, to entertain yeah. the uh, the people get, of... get them out there with a hat in front of them make make a oh, bit of money bit of money for the holiday <laughs> there you go excellent so fingers crossed for the national final for them are you a good dancer no well your daughter is an incredible dancer isn't yeah, she she's she is. like one she of is. the she's leading... a cheerleader oh, no. so and she does yeah she she did um cheerleading and then when she took on gymnastics at uh, secondary school in the first year she, um, because of the cheerleading um, suppleness that she'd got, she actually took gold in uh, in gymnastics as well. I've seen the videos and yeah. pictures you post on Facebook and things, and she looks absolutely incredible. I went at the weekend to watch one of the NFL games in London. Uh, yeah. You know, the American football players who come over, yeah. and they brought all their cheerleaders. And, oh, my goodness, just watching these girls, it makes me want to be 20 again because I want to be a cheerleader. <laughs> I think it's the coolest I'm thing. Just... I think I think I've got a memory like a sieve. Mind you, they, they say they say that, don't they? But they say nobody's really got a bad memory. And to be honest, I think what happens is people remember things that are important to them. So we were saying like the stand-up, right? Mm. So like jokes to me are important. I could tell you like ten jokes now, like because I just love making people laugh. Yeah. And I think I think that's the thing. And they did this TV program, and and they they took you on a journey, and you had to focus and memorize and i think i memorized like 90 percent of the stuff it was it was mm. i have got a good memory but i don't think remembering dance routines is high up on my list of priorities at the moment oh, but so. no, do you know what? it's a whole different muscle apparently in your brain you have to train yeah. it i've got a friend she's like a british ballroom dancer and she's won all these competitions and she was trying to teach me something like the strictly come dancing routine yeah. things and she just remembers it just like that but she was saying that it is it's a whole different part of your brain you use apparently and they've done studies and you have to practice and practice and practice to be able to yeah. work it and um but i'm the same you could tell me a routine and well, no it'd be six, yeah because my daughter, later, my daughter chloe do she's just there and and she does it. and sometimes these routines go on for like four or five minutes and yeah. she remembers every single move wow but she she started off writing them down by bullet points to them i mean i don't know what the moves are but she wrote them down and they're just good she was saying them out loud as she was doing them so maybe that's yeah no, that's yeah. the way i don't know have to get a dance expert in one one week. That'd be nice, yeah. It would be good. And Aaron, finally for the news section, we've got to say a big shout out to Pat Tansel, um, the Bromsgrove librarian. She's retiring next Friday 
Um, we're doing this a week early because she's actually got a bit of a coffee, tea and cake event going on her last day on the 18th of October. Uh, so we're very sad occasion. I mean, I've been here um, working for the Bromsgrove Standard for since 2001. So I've been there for in the town for um, 18 of those years. And I, I always remember Pat. Every time we went to the library, Pat was there. Mm. And um, that's, uh, we've got, um, we've had... Uh, Loads of response on the Facebook, and it's been shared on Spotted Bromsgrove. And how many years has she been there? 38 years. 38 years. She started as a junior library assistant at the former Bromsgrove Library site on Stratford Road. Uh, Remember that one by the uh, Mm, the, the tyre place? Um, And then uh, that was 1981, and she said she's seen some dramatic changes. She said in the first part of her... um, uh, her career um you know there was um, a librarian mrs barley who took her coffee breaks in the only took her coffee breaks in the staff room on saturdays mm. every other time she'd be in her office and you'd have to take her the coffee with a biscuit and you'd dance spill the coffee on the on the biscuit and <laughs> things and then of course do you remember back in the day there was all the shh yeah, shh yeah. In libraries libraries are just completely different places now libraries used to be a little bit scary sometimes didn't they because some of the librarians yeah. were always like really strict it was almost like yeah. teachers at school but i always remember pat she was just always lovely she was one of the lovely ones i'm a big fan of um tony hancock and um obviously it was one of Britain's first sitcoms and there's one called The Missing Page where it goes into and if you want to know what an old library is like watch that because you go in there and every time he just moves a muscle or he says something the slight not even loud if he just says something everyone goes shh shh and and, and Pat epitomises this by saying that um, back in the day there was a story time hour um, for the children and it was done in the county council buildings away from the library so it didn't disturb the other library customers mm. whereas nowadays she said we've got like two sing and rhyme <laughs> um, events a week uh, where people just go into the library and it's all vibrant and bright oh, and i haven't been to stuff. a library for years actually oh you ought to go i yeah. know i kind of mm. do all my research online which i guess lots of people do you know have libraries really suffered they have probably haven't they oh, libraries have suffered yeah. yeah more people need to you need to use it it's, it's a use it or lose it and mm. i mean we saw campaigns early this year to try and save there was there was a big library review of Worcestershire. They were trying to slash the budget and they're trying to... And, you know, there was rumours that like Droitwich or Rubery or Catsill Library might fall victim and even Bromsgrove at one point. Bromsgrove just moved into, you know, a new purpose-built, um, converted Parkside school. Um, she was saying, it's, this is a fantastic... Pat sent me through everything. Being mm. the organised person she is, she sent me through all her memories of the library So. I mean, my byline's on this, but I can't really take much credit for it because it's all, it's all Pat's recollection. And, of course, you remember the paper issue system where you used to just give your ticket over and they put it in the book and yeah, stamp it. Yeah. I mean, I think when me and my, me and my sister and my mum used to play libraries because I used to love the way the librarians opened the book and stamped it and then passed it to you. And I used stuff to do and that, that too, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's just, that's what it was like. And now there's, like, barcode scanners and then you've got... She said there was one computer to start with that was internet-ready. And the first time she used it, internet she was looking for a utility company's address so someone could write to them and um, she was looking up on that and that was the first time she used it and they only had one computer internet ready now they've got more than 20 and if I'm in Bromsgrove and you know sometimes the day's running away with me and I think then I've got to come back to 
to uh, Redditch and then go to Norfolk, I'll actually go to the library and work from the library. Um, it's like having a little office already made for you because everything is online these days, isn't it? So, and do they have like free internet there and that as well? Yeah, free internet can, oh, yeah, for so, members. Yeah. So yeah, so if you ever so that's, that's it, but Redditch Library's only across the road. You want to yeah, go at lunchtime? You need to go at lunchtime and have a look for around. So long, I need to because we need. If anybody's out there, and Pat will back this up, you need to use your library, uh, use your library, or lose your library. And what happens if you are late returning books nowadays? I don't know about the fines. You still get I'm fines and things. I, I don't know. You wouldn't be that person, would you? See, no. I would. I would no. be that person that three months later I'd find a book. I remember once I had a video out. Do you remember when you used to go to the stores oh, to get videos? Yeah. And um, my, I went back to I went to boarding school. I went back to boarding school, and anyway, like three months or something later my uncle was over at my parents house and my dad asked him to just drop this video back he spotted it that yeah. I'd had out you know from ages ago and my uncle went in and it was like £100 fine or something and he ended oh, no. up to pay it. I worked in a video shop did you? yeah yeah so you'd have hated people like crazy. me <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, that people are bringing videos back like that, but it, it was always from like, oh my God, I've got to ask them for £25 or whatever. Yeah. It's because, you know, it's, it was like, I think they were all £2.50 for the night or something, yeah. or, or you could have it for £5 for three nights or something. Um, but uh, yeah. But going back to Pat, um, she said um, the days of deferential and hier- hierarchical um, world is gone. Everyone's welcome now. You don't even need an address to use the library. Pat, who is also a renowned local historian, that's what a lot of people have said to me as well. She knew everything about Bromsgrove. And if you went into Bromsgrove Library, well, you can still go into Bromsgrove Library for the next week because she's there. And you want to know anything about history, she'll tell you exactly where you, well, what, probably what about it. If not, she'll tell you where you can find it. And people have said that she actually can take you to books and exact pages where that specific bit of Bromsgrove history is. Wow. So We need you on the podcast, Tris. We, need to, we do need to get on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking of interviewing her, so I'm sure she'll be all right with that. I bet she's so got some, um, some good, good, good she stories to tell. She will have some good tell. stories. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, we need to. Um, because, obviously, the change in libraries. And, and she's not going, you know, I think long term, you know, she, she's, she'll be able to focus more time on the Bromsgrove history as well. And she's the chairman of the Bromsgrove Society. So, um, yeah, she's just an, an all-round lovely community-spirited Aww. lady. Well, let's hope she enjoys her retirement. And um, She will, I'm yeah. sure. And it, Pat, I can't imagine Pat sitting there doing yeah, nothing. She's going to go and do something. She's gonna, she will do <laughs> yeah. loads. And um, she said she particularly enjoyed leading less, uh, sessions with local schools and nurseries. She enjoyed the annual summer reading challenge, which is fantastic for getting children reading. In fact, I went to the celebration at my local library in Wheeler Castle um, the other day, um, and they had this guy called Juggling Jim on, which shows you how libraries have changed. He was, he was doing everything. Uh, he was juggling with stuff, and... Um, uh, Callie picked up her certificate for completing the reading challenge. Um, she also she said she loved dealing with local history inquiries, which we've heard. So um, memories of Pat on our Facebook page, please, as well, because um, there's already loads, and, and, and Pat was responding to them all as well. So uh, Aww, she's going to be very busy the next week responding to those. She said, I'm looking forward to pursuing my new interest and devoting time, more time to others, as well as spending more time with family and friends. Her last day is next Friday, October the 18th, 10 till 4. Get yourself down there. Coffee, tea, cake with Pat. What's not to love about that? Sounds amazing. Well done, Pat. And we'll, um, we will um, enjoy your retirement and I'll be catching up with you very soon. Brilliant. Sport now. I'm going to stay on the upbeat now for sports. Are we doing well? We won't have many weeks like this, so let's make the most of it. Bromsgrove played Rushton and Diamonds away. Droitwich played Bustle Home away. 
15 goals between our two teams this You're weekend. Joking. No. Bromsko Sporting won 8 2 away to Rushton <gasps> and Diamonds. Rushton and Diamonds had two men sent off, but that's beside the point. It's up to them to keep their players on the field. Four goals from Mikey Jarrell, uh, one from Jack Wilson, one from Nathan Haywood, one from Shaquille McDonald, and one from Charlie Dowd. Eight goals for Sporting. There were some great jokes <gasps> on there, like Harry came up with one this morning saying, um, I'd hate to be a Rushton and Diamonds <laughs> fan. <laughs> And somebody on Twitter said, we had their defence in a right two and eight. <laughs> so, yeah, they love, they love, football fans love a good gloat when it, because it doesn't happen very often to... I don't um, think I've ever heard of eight goals in a game before in oh football. Yeah, some, really? sometimes there are more. That's massive. Um, yeah, but eight two is brilliant, especially Rushton and Diamonds. I mean, they're, they, I think they were in the league at some point, the proper professional football league. So, uh, Broncos Sporting are now up to 12, six points off the relegation zone, so hopefully that's um, allaying those fears. Um, not that we doubted them for one second. And they're one place off mid-table, which is where you want to be, really, because we said, like, you know, they've done three promotions in three seasons. You're not going to be able to do that for the rest of your life. Otherwise, be, I mean, it would be nice if they could. They'll be in the Premier League in about five more years, if that was the case. Um, but... Um, this is, I think, the club will accept that this is a consolidation season and um, they, uh, they'll be happy with the mid-table or at least top half. Has that ever happened? You get like a small town into the Premier League, like Bromsgrove, like would, I, I, could I, I it ever happen? Them, I think a lot of them, uh, a lot of the teams are like, you know, they started off like that. So there are some teams, I can't remember, there was one team, I can't remember who it was there. There was one team who got four promotions and made it up to the, the Premier League. I'll have to Google that. Um, I'm getting hot now. My, my mind's not with it. But they've got an interesting few days now, Bromsgrove Sporting. They've got Hitchin on Saturday away, and they're second from bottom. And then on Tuesday, just a couple of days later, they've got Hensford, so two H's this week, Hensford Town, and they're second from top. So second from Ooh. bottom, first away, second from top at home. That's and roughly the one. how many teams are in that league? 22. Oh, okay. So um, Hitchin will be in 21st place, Hensford in second, Bromsgrove in 12th. So Bromsgrove is oh, okay. right slap in bang middle. in the middle. Right. So yeah, so good luck to Sporting, and hopefully Mikey Giral can get another four goals, and Jack Wilson, Nathan Haywood, Shaquille McDonald, and Charlie Dowd. Come on, let's get let's yeah. have another eight, eight goals. Um, Joint with Spire FC as well, 7-1 away to Bustle Home. Um, they went 1-0 one, one down as well. They conceded a penalty and went 1-0 down. That must have got them angry, I reckon. And then uh, <laughs> you won't like Droidwich Bar when they're angry. You won't <laughs> like the Saltman when they're angry. Um, Connor Collins got two. James Lemon got two. Jordan Cox, he got his first goal for the club, so well done to him. Ben Tilbury and Bradley Burgess. So that's one, two, three, four, five scorers. So that's half the team got Brilliant. a goal at least. And the same one, two, three, four, five, five scorers in Bromsgrove. Oh, let's keep it up, guys. This is good news, isn't it? Um, so they're currently eighth position at the moment. They're on 10 points, but they've got a ridiculous number of games in hand. I don't know if it's because the game's called off and cup matches and stuff. It means you don't get your league games, but they're three games off leaders Wellington and eight points. So if they won those, they'd be top. Wow. And they're four games off second place and seven points behind. So they could be, if they won all their games in hand, they could be top of that table. Amazing. And we know about Droitwich with their new ground on the way and stuff. So we, we do want a promotion there if we can. And um, this weekend, they're in the FA Vars again. So they've got Whitchurch, Allport. So good luck to Droitwich Bar against Whitchurch, Allport. And that concludes the sports. Claire, you're up next now. Tell us all about the entertainments. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Guide. Thanks, Tristan. 
Loads going on at the moment in and around Bromsgrove. Here are a few of our topics for you this week. Starting off your weekend the right way on Saturday the 12th of October, we've got a community litter pick which we'd love you to get involved with. It's clearing all the grot from Fairfield and Stony Bridge and you just need to meet outside Fairfield Village Hall at 10.30am on Saturday and you just need to turn up and wear suitable clothes and all your litter picking equipment will be provided. What a great way to start the weekend, helping the community and all that. Hopefully we'll see you there. Then on Saturday evening, a few top picks for you. There'll be live music with Sea Jam at the Hot Pole Inn in Bromsgrove on Saturday night. Great band there. And it's also Quadrophenia Night happening at the Artrix on Saturday. This is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the release of Frank Rodham's cult classic movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. And my other top pick for Saturday night is comedian Matt Parker and his Humble Pie show at the Artrix on Saturday night. Matt is an amazing amazing stand-up comedian and also a mathematician. I always thought those two were mutually exclusive, but his YouTube videos have been viewed now by over 85 million people. He's truly brilliant. He, he brings humour to maths and comedy. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Tickets from the Arctic, 7.30pm on Saturday night there. Then on Sunday, the 13th of October, who loves a bit of history and also walking? If you do, you'll love an Ian Jelf walk through Bromsgrove. You just need to meet outside the Bromsgrove Norton Collection Museum. That's on 26 Birmingham Road, B61 ODD is the postcode for sat-nav at 11am. And Ian will take you on a tour of the town. Ian Jelf, he's a qualified blue badge tourist guide. He knows everything. He's Mr. Knowledgeable and he loves taking people around surprise places, both famous and the more obscure ones that you might not necessarily know. 11am outside the museum on Sunday morning. Then also on Sunday, there is a Crystals and the Chakras afternoon happening at number 3A in Aston Fields. This is where you can explore easy ways to harness the energy of crystal healing and our chakras to improve our health and well-being. It's all fascinating stuff. Lots of knowledgeable people will be there to explain. 12 noon until 3pm. And again, that's at number 3A in Aston Fields on Sunday. And if you know anyone getting married soon, make sure they check out the wedding showcase happening at Manor Hill House on the Swan Lane in Upton Warren on Sunday. This is 12 noon until 4pm. You'll be served canapes and a glass of fizz on arrival. And you can meet their award-winning team and a selection of local recommended wedding suppliers there. Lovely venue, lovely people. Do try and check it out. These things are always great for getting ideas if you're getting married. So the more you can go to, the better. Then a date for your diary next week is on Thursday, the 17th of October. And it's Annie at the Norbury Theatre in Joitwich. The box office number there is 01905 154 And it's going to be a great show. Annie was my absolute favourite film growing up. And the first time I saw it on stage, it blew my mind. I actually wanted to be an orphan and all that. Do try and get your tickets and support our local theatres. It's going to be a great show. And that's it for this week. Remember, if you have an event going on, do let us know so we can let everyone know. Back to you in the studio, Tris. Thanks, Claire. Loads going on again this week. So whatever you're doing this weekend or this next week, have fun. Thank you ever so much to Christina um, regarding the um, Coats appeal. So help out there if you can. And Amelia's appeal as well. And keep 
giving to Oscar. Um, so, so much to do. Um, it's uh, it's getting very autumnal now at the moment, isn't it? Get a nice casserole on at the weekend. That'll be nice. And and um, remember, if you do want daily updates, if you're not following us already, um, you can find Bromsgrove Standard and Droitwich Standard on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, we've got our website, bromsgrovestandard.co.uk, droidwichstandard.co.uk. You can message us through those via email or on any of the social media platforms. If you've got any ideas of things we can do on the podcast or things you'd like to see, maybe you'd like to come on the podcast. Maybe you've got something that you're doing in the local area or maybe you want coverage in the paper. Please, please, please get in touch and we'll do our best to get you some column inches, some website space and some time on this podcast. All that's left to say... Have a lovely few days, have a lovely week, and we'll reconvene at the same time next week. (laughs) 